Hello and welcome back to G&T, the only podcast where we drink gin and tea, among other beverages that we enjoy, that are just as good and some are not just as good. And we spill the tea on all things gin, tea and otherwise beverage related. I'm your host Sophie and I'm here today with... Your natural, neighbourly and nauseating sidekick, Craig. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you are going for N or O. No, I thought I'd go for N, even though I've done N in the past, I thought I'd relive N because when I first did N, I think I used some naughty imagery. I can't remember. It but must have been season one because this year, yeah, this season you've kind of gone Had through. a rhythm. So anyway, N. N. Lovely. And actually our season is finished. We've got some stuff coming up for season two of our review show. And this yeah. is one of our specials you're joining us for. Mm. And uh, we've got a special guest. We are very happy that we've got a gin that we have been able to sample called well, actually, I won't spoil the surprise. I will let Craig speak to our guest and introduce them. Uh, so, hi, Duncan. Um, thank you so much for joining our podcast. We have put this podcast together because we both really love uh, gin and all the wonderful flavours uh, and stories that come with gin, and also, uh, particularly for my part, tea. Um, this is a special episode where we are just talking about gin, and in particular, your gin, which is Green Room Gin. Um, so, yeah, I mean, how did you come about the name? How did you come about the story? Uh, so, basically, we, we actually bought the equipment about five years ago, uh, but because myself and, and Seb, who I make it with, uh, we both work, work worked in theatre uh, and we were just so busy we never actually got chance to chance to use it so the equipment just sat in the loft gathering dust for for years and years um, and then when that first lockdown hit uh, about two weeks in sex and it's kind of like if there's ever going to be a time for us to to fire up the stills it was now so started off just as a bit of a lockdown hobby and kind of just something to do and uh it was all a bit hokey in the kitchen and you know just hoping <laughs> we didn't blow anything up um, and then uh, then it got you know then we started kind of giving people you know the odd sample here and there and, and people were actually really liking it which was good and everything was based on just kind of guesswork and trial and error and and flavors that we wanted in the gin um and then come christmas time had some chance to to sell some let's say and we got a really good response and when it was so when it was theaters were not going to reopen and we went into lockdown three or two or whichever yeah. whichever one it was that in the new year yeah. we decided that maybe it's time to actually become a a real thing so although we sort of started it in april 2020 uh, officially in the eyes of her majesty uh it's it was february of 21 um and then from there we i i drunkenly submitted the bottle to the international spirits challenge because i was kind of getting fed up that most bottles or were being bought and tasted by people we knew or people who linked and i know there are these kind of tasting services were all quite pricey and you don't really know who's behind it this mm -hmm. and the other yeah. um and an advert came up on instagram you know sort of last minute entries so one saturday night i just was like <laughs> okay, it's 190 quid or something but i was like it would just be good to get completely you know partial thing and if we win something great and if we don't 
fine. It just I just wanted the tasting notes more than anything. Uh, and to be honest, I kind of forgot about it because obviously there's so much lead time between sending the bottle mm-hmm. in. The awards come out, and then yeah, so about half eleven one Saturday night, we just got this email saying we'd won a bronze. Wow! Um, which uh, we were you know, sort of taken aback by, uh, given kind of the process and where we've kind of come from. Um, and you know, at that point, then we really kind of did know we were we were on something. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, and so for us, it's just been a kind of evolution of 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 developing the flavor you know each batch is is the same is is the same but different you know we're always just sort of changing where needs be you know not not great amounts who are going oh batch you know 18 tastes like this batch yeah, 20 yeah. is totally different but it's going you know Seb is the one with the incredible palate uh so he is very much the one who you know is like i think two more grams of this and i'm like <laughs> I that's incredible but you know, um, so whereas I kind of am much more the, I'll taste it when it's done, and does it just taste like a well balanced gin? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seb is much more the the kind of um, he's got the taste buds to really hone in exactly what's going in, and then I come along at the end in my very kind of like, yeah, it tastes like a gin, <laughs> and uh, and we sell it. Uh, and so so yeah, so it kind it kind of works between the two of us because really wanting to push something and i'm not getting it then at least i'm able to say you're getting it because you know you're you're looking out for it and you know but if i'm not getting it it means we do need to add more than you think it's so it's a nice balance great relationship yeah um so did you you guys met in your industry then in the theater industry yeah so uh seb's a sound designer and i'm a, a video designer uh, and we met oh, 12 years ago, something like that, um, just on a show down in Chichester. Uh, and then we've done many, many shows together since. And we both have a love of, of booze and food and, yeah. and, uh, and, you know, and everything that, that comes with, with that. And he's, he used to actually be a, um, a kind of blind, uh, no, it's not blind. Uh, he used to be a secret eater. Uh, not in the sense of going to the, the fridge at midnight, uh, <laughs> but kind of going to restaurants and, and giving yeah. his opinion on the food. And, mm. you know, and it and usually they would just have people say, oh, it's too salty or it's too hot, too cold, yes. whatever. But he was kind of going, you know, <laughs> I can tell that that's been on the grill for 15 seconds too long. <laughs> and so I think there was, so chefs were kind of picking up on that. And um and he is an incredible cook himself. So it kind of, we eventually kind of, you know, bonded over, yeah, so love food and wine. And he's going to make a wine collection. I've got the big whiskey collection and gin collection. So, you know, we're able to, to you know, the, the discussions of what we're trying to do and, and why we're doing it. And Green Room is, is where it is at the moment is because of all of those kind of passions for, for eating. Eating and drinking, really. Yeah, <laughs> I can def- definitely agree with that because we came with kind of this. I have a background in wine and sort of learning about wine and flavors. And the more you try, I think mm. your palate develops. It's quite interesting, same with Seb trying those foods and picking that out because you're kind of like, I'm sure you're picking out the gin and the whiskey as well. And I think probably a good time to ask what kind of botanicals you have in the gin and how you decided what of each amount and how, how they all kind of blended together. 
So we um, use a lot of citrus in the in the standard green room, uh, and we we actually use fresh fruit instead of dried. Um, that was one of our, our big things. One because we just got some someday and just chucked it in. <laughs> but there was also an element of like when you're when you're taking the cuts, those fresh fruits are releasing so so much flavour at the very beginning. Um, so we use the body of the fruit mm. in the compound, but then we use all of the peel in an infusion basket. And, and so you're just getting this kind of the lighter notes from the, the peel yeah. on, the, on the nose, and then you're just getting this huge hit of taste mm. from, the, from the body of the fruit. Um, and, and I think that's our big thing, is that it's all about uh, taste over anything else. Yeah. And um, ultimately, Yes, people are going to put it with whichever tonic, hopefully not Britvic, and actually actually taste something. Um, because so often, you know, especially with all the flavoured tonics and the different sweeteners in the tonics, you end up tasting that yeah. and not the gin. Exactly. And I know everyone's not going to drink it straight. So you kind of go, you know, from, from what you know of other distilleries and, and talking to various people, I think we we put in about three times the amount of botanicals uh, in quantity um, over over a standard gin. So for argument's sake, instead if uh, you know we've a, we've got forty liter still in other forty liter stills, we know people put like a hundred grams of juniper, and we're putting in like three hundred grams of juniper. So, but again, it's about making sure that flavor comes through, and ultimately, it actually helps produce a, a smoother. A smoother spirit as well, because most people we talk to, even though it's forty-two percent, um, just go. It's you, you can't really tell. It's so smooth. It's really smooth. The way you're saying it, as soon as we like smelt it earlier, mm. you got all of that citrus hitting you, and then you were saying it was like candied, almost orange yeah. lemon peel on it, with kind of that nice note of the spice coming through as well on the back. Yeah, and definitely using fresh fruit, it's just so much as a smoother, but so much richness and flavor and fullness. Um, it, it really is like slicing open an orange and you get that burst of juice and, you know, you get that in the flavor. It's absolutely gorgeous. Oh, thank you. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's one of those weird things of, of we started off mainly just using a lot of lime mm -hmm. because I, I love lime. Uh, and then we put some orange in and then we added the pink grapefruit and then there's dried orange in there as well. And then we kind of over so Christmas time, we, we were sort of starting to put cinnamon and cloves in and then we were kind of leaving it with the fruits. And so in the end, you kind of end up getting this really lovely fresh hit on the nose and on the first taste, but then a kind of lingering of the, of the spice at mm -hmm. the end. Um, you know, and there's some nutmeg in there as well, but not a lot, but it's just, just again, it's enough just to get that little little bit at the end. Um, and and for, you know, our, our big thing is, is the size of the cut, because, again, you know, it's a very traditional way of like, oh, the, get rid of the hearts and the tails, you know, where those are, and I know every distillery is different in that. But, again, talking to the the smaller uh, distilleries out there that are trying to savor every drop that they produce and not waste anything. A lot, you know, there was one guy who just said to it, if it, if it tastes good, 
then use it. Mm. Um, so our heads are, are are minimal. You know, they're kind of they're a couple of hundred mil to kind of clear out the still, mm. and then we start using because that again because of the fresh fruit, mm. you're kind of really you want that flavour in there. And there's nothing wrong with the heads. There's you know it's still it's still good alcohol. Um, and then when and then the end of our cut is when the when we can taste the cinnamon and the um, and the cloves because obviously they're 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 cooking off at kind of the higher temperatures. Um, so yeah, we, it's again just we know where kind of all of the flavors are falling when we're making it, which leads to obviously when you're drinking there and they're in the right place as well. That's great. And what kind of still are you using? Um kind of a pot or a uh, just a just a 40 liter pot still mm -hmm. so it's it's kind of very there's nothing kind of crazy in it <laughs> you know um uh, but again so if you you look the small distilleries and they they've sort of been to you know there are two or three manufacturers you you find online very quickly who can ship it to you mm. and everyone sort of seems to have the same so that's what i think what's nice is that you're all they're all using pretty similar equipment um and then it, all those tastes are just down to the botanicals you, you're using, you know, because I know there's, you know, some distilleries will go on about, oh, we steep for mm -hmm. 24 hours before certain, all of this kind of stuff, which is, which is fine. But I think there's actually quite a nice thing about like, chuck it in, turn it on, see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like uh, we, uh, as part of our, as part of the podcast, we uh, we had a little quiz, and whoever, which of us won the quiz, got to choose a botanical to throw into some of our homemade gin. Uh, however, it, it, we didn't quite get the balance right. It was that's, a case of uh, you put all of them in. Yeah, I didn't quite balance it out. So we have something that's almost undrinkable, but it's quite a good starting point because we've got the essence of the flavour. Um, but yeah, we've just been chucking them in, letting them sit uh, and infuse, um, and then we can pick out the flavours that we really like um, and and work on those. It, really, just for ourselves, um, uh, not for <laughs> any commercial <laughs> operation. That was an interesting one. I think the cassia box kind of mm. really turned it yeah. from that as well. Turned it from being a reasonably pleasant drink to being something that was quite medicinal. Yes, but it is. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it was one of those where, like you're saying with the green room, it's taking you on that journey. So you're getting all of those hints. And it's always interesting when you have that because it feels like it lasts a lot longer. The pressure, the fruit you have and everything coming through. And this one, like, I can really tell that's coming through. And it's just a delight from that as well, because a lot you feel they've been left too long. Whereas this is nice freshing from that as well. Yeah, that's right. And particularly, so um, some gins give you a suggested perfect pour. Do you have one in mind for a couple in mind for this gin? Are we talking about just in terms of with 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 tonic, tonic with any add-ins, fresh fruit, anything like yeah. that? Yeah, just the standards. Sorry, yeah. The essentially we always try and suggest whichever tonic is the least sweet mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, because I'm so fed up of like these tonics, which, you know, and I know it's people on huge fans of quinine net necessarily and that, that, that flavor. So it's about for us trying to find a tonic, you know, you look at uh, someone like double Dutch um, and their light tonic, which is so hard to get hold of <laughs> at the moment. Um, uh, you know, the fever tree light uh, Mulberry Creek, mm. uh, 
Well, Creek, Creek's really interesting. We're we're kind of working with them a bit at the moment, and they they're they're full fat and and they're sonic are have such different profiles when you drink them straight and then with the gin. Okay. Um, and yeah, neat as it were. I just have I'd have the light tonic. Um, when when we tried it with our gin, we found that the light tonic was far too sweet with mm. our gin, mm-hmm. and the and the normal tonic was better. But again, it was re- that those levels of tonics just sort of allow the flavour to come through because they're not trying to. It's almost like they're making the tonic to be drunk with gin, not just as a we're going to chuck loads of loads of flavors in it so anyway um a you know a light tonic basically uh and uh, a, a kind of wedge of either pink grapefruit or, or orange just you know a little squeeze and and those flavors will, will come right out they'll have to try i always try i've been trying it neat and i think that's why i'm getting the such the hit from the flavors and craig's put a bit of tonic in it and you're yeah. saying you tried a little bit of it neat and then the yeah, tonic i'm a, kind of I'm coming a total through. wimp when it comes to any alcohol if i can even uh get a single scent of the of of alcohol i, I squirm so i have put a bit of tonic in it um but it's 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 not harmed in any way. It's just smoothed off that little bit of alcohol that was there for me. Um, yeah, as I say, it's a really tasty gin. It's actually we've so we've re- reviewed this last season quite a few. Gins. I don't know, yeah, twelve or so gins, uh, predominantly from Scotland, but a couple from Australia, some from South France, um, and we kind of we've had some hits and we've had some not such good ones uh but i have to say this is probably maybe even the night is sycophantically i say the nicest one that we've tried this season because it is just so it's just so easy to drink you know it's it really is smooth and delicious it is it doesn't have the alcohol coming through at all it's just really nice because some of them when i have them neat i kind of almost I don't like the aftertaste of it, but this one, it just lasts mm. in such a nice way, kind of coating round. You feel it hitting all parts of your mouth to go down as well. I'm really glad you like it. It's it's one of those things through, as, as I say, it's been such kind of trial and error. And like the, the first one we did was, I'd, I'd hate to go back to it now. And, and just, sort of, you know, I know it's changed so mm. much. Um, it's, it's funny because back and kind of where we were and what we were putting in and and it's not bizarre changed a great deal it probably it has obviously with the taste but if you looked at kind of our you know we've obviously got the spreadsheet of everything we've we've been doing in each batch there are huge monumental changes we've not gone oh my god we should totally ditch but it's just been that thing of it it just shows that all of those small little changes in the in the makeup of the botanicals can have such a big effect uh, uh, in the rest of the process. Exactly. Um, I really like the style uh, of the bottle and your imaging. Is that something that you designed yourselves? Yeah, I mean, the advantage of being designers, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. luckily, luckily, we didn't have to go to it. <laughs> I mean, um, the bottle came about uh terribly and very boringly uh, and i'd love to say there was a wonderful story but basically we just needed a cheap bottle to put it in <laughs> and uh and it was one we quite liked uh that we were able to get hold of 
So, and we've sort of never changed it really. We talked about getting some corks to kind of level out the top, but actually it kind of just came from, it I think it goes back to the taste thing, I think, because obviously there are thousands of fancy bottles and you can do X, Y, and Z, but ultimately if the product's no good inside, they're not buying a, you know, no one's going to buy a second bottle, mm. you know, it'll just look nice on the shelf. So I think for us, it was just about, kind of go look here's a simple good looking bottle it's topped off with the wax to give our kind of like you know home, homemade homemade feel mm. everything's done you know in what used to be the studio and so it kind of feels like the simplicity and the boldness of the design is it's just meant to go look it's here it's not the you know even like the only dash of color is mm. is the green of yeah, the yeah. plan um, and again, that was a very particular choice just to go, we could go, you know, we had some labels, which were lots of old theater posters and, you know, we had where we would like making up um, views of, of a room that you would sit in, you know, of, of what a green room would look like and all of this kind of stuff. And then you go, actually, no, it just needs to be as, as simple as possible. And something, and I think there's something because it's so simple in its design, it stands out when it's at a bar Completely. because there aren't many many labels which just basically a white square <laughs> um you know um it's the same as kind of if you look at uh but the botanist you know there there's nothing to it's literally one white square and and i think you know and that i was up the day kind of which gins could i not live without and and the two are a botanist and a Norwegian one called Harahorn. Mm. And but it just sort of shows you it can be nice and simple design. And Brooke Laddie obviously, I mean, they are the masters of of simple design um in that way. So I probably there's some inspiration there. <laughs> but it's definitely a thing of we don't need to be fancy and spend some distilleries have spent God knows how much yeah. money on custom bottles or or very particular bottles mm. that they're buying kind of the big wholesalers, but that cost, you know, than the actual product going in. Mm. Yeah. And for us, that was just not, and it wasn't, and it wasn't necessary because at the time when we chose the bottle, we were doing it because we, we weren't selling it. Yeah. So we were just giving, we were giving all of this stuff away and we just didn't want to kind of, you know, as, as much as we love our friends, we didn't want to be spending too much on them. No. Um, so yeah, it's it's just about sort of simple and clear, mm. clear and concise, mm. and not trying to to be too fancy when it doesn't need to be. Yeah, no, that makes sense, and it still has a lovely. We love when you take out the topper and how what mm. the sound you've got. And this is just when I had it, it was just like pop, and it was just nice even to record that and have that because some um, you kind of have to take it. And it yeah, I just enjoyed when you're opening it after all of that to hear that. I think there's something because, because you know, I, I obviously quite a few bottles now have the wax seal, but just we always like there are some bottles which you're dipping and then because the wax goes everywhere, yep. there's something wax all over. But there's we kind of like that, yeah. and I, I don't know what's going to happen in the future and if we ever grow to kind of another level. But I'd I'd hate to think that we'd lose that mm. kind of individuality to the bottles, you know. I guess and I'm sure kind of. I guess that that waxing of the bottle is sort of your last process for that particular bottle, isn't it? It's your last thumbprint on that product. 
Uh, so yeah, it would be almost heartbreaking to remove that element from it. But I guess it depends on the, the business scale and everything. It's it's funny because even with the going back to the botanicals for a second, the, the fresh fruit uh, side of things, there are very few distilleries, I think, that I know of uh, that I could count on one hand, which use fresh mm. products. Because, and I, that's what I mean about bigger mm-hmm. distilleries mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. Um, because the the scale of suddenly needing to employ people to peel and chop the fresh fruits you know it's it's unscalable that's why there are so few but again that's what gives you the taste and it's all about taste so i think if we were ever to to grow out of the distilleries sort of size that it is now be a big you know there i think there are some sort of stipulations of like doesn't change you know there you can you know we've gone from bottling by through from a jug through to a you know through to an actual uh you know bottling uh i can't think of the right word uh just the, the bottler <laughs> yeah, the, the liquid, um, oh that's terrible my mind's going totally a blank anyway we have a machine now that actually calculates how much going is going in instead of us kind of roughly judging it um and, you know, all of those processes. But there's something about actually grabbing the bottle, putting it in, stripping everywhere. It's all quite, you know, it's quite nice in that way. Mm. And I think that goes back to the theatre thing. If everything that ultimately the theatre is done by hand, mm. um, can be. So we're just trying to keep all of the stuff that we've kind of learnt in theatre kind of. That's great. And because it's kind of the theatre background, is it quite an easy name to pick? People who are not used to the theatre. Oh, what a green room I, is. Well, I, <laughs> uh, well, well, I can't tell you how many names we had on the list. <laughs> and, and green room was no, was never there. To be honest, we were we were coming through all of these other terms that would people know this, would people know that, um, and then uh, I can't even remember how it got on the list in the end. But then we it went on. And we were like, oh, that's that's it. You know, that makes total sense. And you know, people are they're kind of like, what's a great oh, that's a great new kind of deal to explain, but and you know, the amount of people when they're looking at the, the logo kind of or the the bottle uh, the the um label. The label, <laughs> sorry. Oh my God. Right, sorry, my words. Um, you know, and they see the plan and they kind of go, What what is that? And they can't work it out because obviously you know, you don't usually see a theatre cross-section plan. And then we kind of say, oh, that's theatre and there's the green room backstage. Again, it kind of makes people realise, oh, you know, like we actually had a call from The Telegraph uh, last year, even really kind of a thing. Uh, and it was an, uh, a reporter doing a, uh, an article on how theatres were being used during lockdown. And because our tagline is obviously distilled behind the scenes, uh, and with the label, uh, he sort of said, oh, you know, so can you just tell me which theatre you're based in and maybe we, maybe we can come take some photos and, you know, so he, he sort of fell hook, line and sinker for the, <laughs> for the label. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, maybe that would be a fun thing. You know, we'll find a theatre that would like to house a, house a distillery backstage. Um, you know, that's always been one stupid idea we've had. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's 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 not instantly recognizable for people going 
living room, you know, and why is the label white? And why is like, apart from the wax, nothing else is green, you know, kind of, but again, that also goes back to the original theatre thing. You go to any green room in the, in the country, it's never green. It's just <laughs> the very first one was green and that, and that's stuck. it. You know. Stuck from there. Yeah, and a lot of things you've got like green screens now. That colour's kind of continued with different bits across that as a colour, which is quite interesting to see. It kind of brings images to people's mind. It's something theatrical. It's something to do with movies or from mm. there as well. And you know, it obviously has helped the story because of you know what happened with Seb and I actually losing all of our work overnight and all of our income. Mm. And so, you know, our biggest. Uh, Collaboration, or whatever you want to say, partnership to date is with is with Backup, the theatre charity or entertainment charity, uh, and so a pound from every bottle, whether it's the gin, the vodka, um, and and the slow gin, um, goes to them. And again, that's our way of and is about theatre. We've been very fortunate to have a very um, very well, brilliant careers from it, and so it feel you know. Way of being able to kind of give give uh, a bit to them that's a lovely and so and that's what you know the more sales and exposure we can get it just means the more money we can get to get to the charity no, it, you know it's a lovely commendable thing and i was going to say craig and i are going to give a donation to backup because i know you've sent us the bottle but feeling inspired to give something back for that as well because i know it's close to your heart thank you from yeah. there and it feels like craig you did um theater for a while at school and knowing about yeah, I think from there. Yeah, I think it's just really commendable that um yeah, that you're doing that. And and lots of the drinks that we review are are from an ethical or giving back sort of process. So so it's yeah, this is just another of a great number of, of small producers who are actually contributing in a really big way to society. Um so yeah, good on you for that, absolutely. It's it's and it's tough because you know, we've had meetings with various restaurants and this and that and the other and, and bars and they look at your price and go, oh, it's, it's a lot. And I think our wholesale and trade prices are quite fair, but then you see what the bigger the bigger guys are charging at. But, you know, and Seb and I have talked about it and, you know, obviously a pound from every bottle is, is still a pound, mm -hmm. even though it doesn't sound a lot. Um, but, you know, we've been very again it's just one of those core things that you know wax like the um you know we just we won't change that because yeah. we don't we don't want to it's it's part of the the core core elements of, of green room no it's great um just with the color and because you do each one do you have like a wax bath you dip them in or do you kind of drip it over the top from that with them with the wax, oh no, we've just got um, two wax. Uh, we've got a wax melting pot for each each color, and it's literally just in. Turn it around a bit. Don't let it completely set. So I know obviously there's, you know, dip it in cold water mm -hmm. for it to set. But we literally spin it a couple of times just to get the big excess off, and then just let it sit. And then so you know, if I showed you a photo of <laughs> when you've got like, you know, forty odd bottles in front of you not one bottle looks the, the wax doesn't look exactly the same on each one you know oh, it's, that's the uniqueness like you're saying from it that each one is its own bottle and I, you've got the batch number and which one it is as well so knowing exactly where it's come from thinking this is from this you have your own uniqueness because a lot of them just don't have that a lot of gins you're like this could have been any one from anyone whereas it's just nice to have that kind of grounding back to it yeah 
you know, we we do the. Uh, this isn't part of the sales pitch, but we, you know, we've got like our, our subscription service, which uh, you know we've got a few subscribers to, which is nice. But we send a, a new bottle of every batch to them, so people are kind of going along the sub journey with us, and and then able to taste and try, and you know the feedback we get from them, kind of go, oh, okay, actually people are enjoying kind of what we're doing here, so we're able to kind of then get uh, you know adapt our flavors accordingly especially if you if you see enough people in subscribers and, and people who are tasting it constantly going oh i really like that you've brought out mm. the, the taste um i mean some it, it's it's really interesting again it's it, it shows the different people who try it kind of you know there are some botanicals not that we don't secret but we just don't sort of note it everywhere we don't have the list out then people go oh it's like nutmeg isn't written down anywhere and then this one guy was like oh my god that is incredible and you go oh yeah <laughs> so you get it uh so it's it's but you know that's the big thing of you you're trying to cater for so many different palettes and people trying you know again with different tonics and different garnishes and as much as you can kind of say light tonic with orange or pink grapefruit people will just go Oh, I'm going to use this because that's what they like. Yeah. So as long as you've got that well-balanced gin, I think most of the time, you know, you're, you're going to hopefully please most people. I would say so. I think we're going to get people to try some, but I think a lot of it, people would enjoy it with any kind of different flavors. And um, I'm trying to convert people to drink stuff neat. Thanks for helping <laughs> that. And I think this will, this will help with that because of the smoothness. A lot of mm. them, when I've made people try stuff, they're like, I don't like this because of the burn, but this is so smooth, the green room going down that, kind of get around that and mm. i know a lot of them you said you wouldn't try craig if mm -hmm. there's too much alcohol mm. but we've you've got we've had about two other ones that you think were okay yeah yeah, that, yeah for that burn yeah which is great. the the chef that we do the um the supper club with as uh, i was on the side because the the house uh so, so the distillery is now in the in what used to be my design studio mm -hmm. so we basically ripped out all of the the computers and cabling and all of that kind of stuff and obviously it's now been replaced with the stills and um and tubing uh but uh, within that the house is obviously a licensed premises i have my alcohol license yeah the house has its license. and i met with a friend of mine who's a theater producer and she's become a wine consultant uh and she was you know we were just sort of chatting away and the minute i said oh it's licensed she was like oh my god we should do a supper club yeah. uh so yeah, we now run Number Nine Supper Club, and it's the first Thursday of every month. Uh, and we've had to put on additional bookings and uh, and tables. You know, people kind of hire the whole table. So there's um, basically twelve people around my dining table in front of all the whiskey, and we do a, a five course meal. Uh, and ba basically, we have this amazing chef, uh, uh, Josh Dalloway, who comes in. But when the point of the story is that when he first came and we were kind of talking about menus and and the wine that Libby was going to pair and and, and we'd start we started a green room cocktail um he was kind of like I'm not a huge gin fan I'm not gonna lie I was like okay it's like and I don't really like it neat I'm not a fan of time like, okay fine but I'll I'll try it because you know he's going to try things and he and I I think it came from a good place because uh, he was like he said um, even taste it just on the smell alone. He was like, I know I'm going mm. to like this because <laughs> he's a huge whiskey drinker. So it's not the fact of the the alcohol because yeah. you know yeah. 
got some crazy, crazy strong whiskies here. But it was just the fact of him going, oh, actually, this is good because it doesn't, because it actually tastes of something. And his experience, you know, even though he works in some incredible restaurants and, and amazing bars, most gin behind the shelf full of flavor is relying on tonic. Yep. So it was kind of an interesting discussion about opening your mind to, like, like you're saying, Sophie, about drinking it straight because actually the flavors in there could be so much more powerful for you. Yeah, they just hit you. I just hate all kinds of tonic. So, and I used to think I didn't like like gin and tonic because I didn't like tonic. And then because when I worked in wine in the wine shop, we had lots of different gins. I had to try them neat and then like spit them out and kind of get the flavors. And I think that just kind of developed the palate for it. You kind of get used to it. But it's the, it's the same with, you know, with whiskey. I, you know, I've been around it from a, an early age, uh, but you just sort of end up kind of going, oh, actually, this is the kind of where we go down. These kind of whiskies are liked, so you don't like. So it's and it's all about just developing that taste over okay. over the years. Great. I think just before we finish, um, where can people pick up a bottle of the Green Room Gin? You can get Green Room from obviously on our website which is greenroomdistillery.com. Uh, and then, uh, but we're also on Amazon and Master of Malts um, because uh, they, they've been very, well, Amazon, obviously, we had <laughs> the words count, but Master of Malt wanted to take us on. So Great. that's kind of nice there. Um, and it's good, I think, when people are kind of doing bulk orders of, of other stuff, you know, and we get quite a few orders through there, which is quite nice. Um, and then there are kind of a lot of independent stockists all around the country. We've got a mixture of bottle shops and cocktail bars and a couple of hotels and restaurants. Uh, if you know of any places called the Green Room, we're probably stocked in them because <laughs> that was one of our bit. There was the, our, our first ever stockist were these. It was a place called the Green Room, which to, which have their own bottle shop as well in uh, Alt Alt near Manchester. Actually, I know I'm going to present pronounce that wrong, but um, uh, but they just called up and we were like. You're, you've got the same name as us and we'd love to stock you and so I suddenly it took me about a month to realize there might be other venues <laughs> and I just started calling each one saying hi look we produce a gin uh, and would you like to you know try it and most people places were like oh we weren't taking any new products but because of the name so we've been very fortunate I think we've now got I think 12 out of the 16 green rooms uh, around That's the country stopping us. Uh, so the other four, they need to start. <laughs> uh, Get them on board. Um, so, so yeah, so there's a whole host of places and every, every week we've, we're adding another stockist or two. So, mm. but if you go on the website, there's a, there's a stockist lists uh, list on it too. Um, but yeah, the easiest thing is just from from the website directly. And have a look. That's fantastic. I have one last question because we ask all guests that come on. I know what your answer would be, whether they prefer gin or tea. I know what you'll probably pick, but if you could pick a favourite tea, if you enjoy tea, just to include the tea on it, what would you pick? Grey every time. Ah, <laughs> no, no milk. Yeah. Bag in. <laughs> the bag stay in for the whole duration of the, of the drinking of the tea. Uh, when I when I was working on shows, I um, I had, you know one of those keep pop cup things. God, my words! I'm so sorry. It would be a terrible podcast to listen to with me baffling away. Um, but yeah, it was just basically, and it just kept. But I keep this tea 
Latin for like five or six hours <laughs> with two deepaks in it. So it was <laughs> such a flask. Wow. Um, and yeah, I would just, uh, I love it. I just, yeah, I can't really drink builder's tea or English breakfast. Yeah. I just Earl Grey all the Oh, that, that's Perfect. great to know. Yeah, we had Earl Grey, and we also I don't know if you ever had Lady Grey tea. I, I think I've had I've had it once or twice, maybe. Yeah, it's... but <laughs> floral is. Yes, it? it's a bit more floral. Yeah, it's a it's a bit more uh, controlled. I think it's a controlled Earl Grey. Uh, a bit more refined. Okay. <laughs> uh, listen, thank you so much, Duncan, for for speaking to us and for providing us with a delicious bottle of gin, which we are going to now <laughs> demolish probably. Um, but yeah, thank you know, you. really good luck to you. Um, we've really appreciated your your time. No, thank you very much, guys. Okay, we'll see you soon. Yes, it's been great chat. Thank you, Duncan. Well, that was a great first special for us for the end of season two. Craig, as always, any last words? Yeah, just to say, you know, obviously a huge message of thank you to Duncan and Seb at Green Room. But isn't it nice to actually speak to producers and people who have got a passion for the thing that they're producing? I mean, we're passionate about consuming it, but to speak to somebody who's passionate about creating it, it's quite uh, enlightening. It is. It's kind of the whole process because we're talking about all the kind of love going into these gins and it's quite nice to be able to. So we really appreciate it mm. talking to you, Duncan, just to see from that. So, yeah. yeah, a nice kind of way to round off, I think, yeah. seeing the whole story of how the gin is produced. Yeah, there. all the little elements that we've mentioned, such as the type of still, the choice of botanicals, the method of packing, discussing the bottles, all that kind of thing that we've talked about individually has been su summarised lovely, Lily in this uh in this one-off special um, it has yeah i think it's worth saying there then if you've got a passion out there whatever it might be making gin making tea crocheting scarves for pomeranians whatever your passion is um <laughs> do it just do it yeah and on that enlightening loving note or we'll end this this special as always drink responsibly take a sip and enjoy and uh, make sure you enjoy your passion as greg says until our next special which will be coming soonish mm -hmm. we will catch you later Till then it's a goodbye from me and goodbye from me <laughs>